have you talked to the Father, or did you talk to the Father before you came to church today? You know, the Bible does say we ought to pray without ceasing, pray everywhere, pray always, and not faint, don't get weary, and um, don't don't hang it up, right? Keep keep praying, and uh, it's not time to quit. It's time to really work hard, pray hard, preach the word. Amen. I want to call your attention to um, Hebrews chapter ten and verse thirty-eight, and then chapter eleven, verse six. But look at. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. I got seven points, but I follow the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I preach only the first point, and then I just kind of drive in a peg and preach maybe another point the next night. But but pray for me, please. And... um, Hebrews 10, verse 38, seven conditions to a life of prayer. Now the just shall live by faith. Oh, how important that is. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And then in Hebrews chapter 6, it gives you the first principle in, in a life of prayer, in a relationship with the Father. And uh, the Bible says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, you can't even get saved. Whosoever shall, what, call, believe in the name of Jesus shall be saved, right? But it doesn't stop there. We are to live by faith. And um, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. You know, I want to please the Lord. How many of you would like to please the Lord in your life? I hope that, that everyone could raise your hand. I can't see all of you, but I hope that everyone can say in their heart, I live by faith. We are not to live by sight. Walking by sight will get you in trouble. But walking by faith in the Lord Jesus, having a relationship with the Father, uh, we, you, the journey in life will be much smoother. And um, I want you to turn to the book of James, James chapter 1 and verse 6 through 8. When God called me to do this ministry 21 years ago, I um, I thought, oh yes, I'll call the church back to prayer, I'll preach on prayer. But you know, in 21 years, I have preached on getting ready to pray, because a lot of churches are not ready to pray. It's a form. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And it's just a ritual, just a form, and uh, that's not what we need. What we need is a true relationship with God that involves faith. Because where there is no faith, 
there is no pleasing God. And Brother Beckham would love to please God every day of my life. I want to please him. Amen? And I hope that you can say, Brother Beckham, I want to please God too. I hope that's your desire tonight, to please God. In in James chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, But let him ask in faith. That's you and me. Let us ask in faith. If we ask not, we have not. We want to have the power of God because we need the power of God to pray for these missionaries that are on the field for 45 years and 10 years and and all all those years being faithful to God. And uh, we, we, we need to pray for the laborers, the Bible says. And, you know, we sent them a little check at the, each month, $100 or, or uh, $200, I think is average. And uh, we think we have done our duty because we give them $200. But let me tell you, we, we need to pray for the laborers around the world. We haven't done our job until we have prayed. But we can't pray if we don't have faith. So, look at James 1 and verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. But look at the next verse. For let not that man What man? The man that is hesitating. The man that is doubting. The man that is walking by sight. It said, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. You might as well forget the blessings if you're not walking in faith. And then it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Unstable. It's top, top, uh, I'm trying to come up with a word uh, that Brother Pope uses. Sometimes you're a friend of Brother Pope. Uh, he preached about England. Wobbly. wobbly. We don't need wobbly people. Amen. And uh, I have heard him preach that many times, and it never gets old. I like it. We don't need to be wobbly. We don't need to be hanging up things. We need to be walking for Christ. We need to be strong. But we can't do that without faith. We cannot do that without trusting God. We can't do that without a relationship with God. There's no way. I tried it. For years, I tried it. When dying got sick, oh my. Thought my world was caving in. God said, Benny, you need to have a relationship with me. You don't have a relationship. You're putting on. That's what you're doing. You're just putting on. Every week you get in the pulpit with your power and you preach, and uh, what happens? And I re- realized that it was the closet is what I needed. 
And I rediscovered that closet. And now I walk into my closet with faith and with a relationship with God and walking with God and depending on God. And God has blessed marvelously uh, over the 21 years. Revival after revival, revival. A young man that graduated from Miles Anderson had me in. It was, a, it was scheduled for just uh, the week meeting. His name is Pastor John Shook. And Brother John and I have become very close. And I remember he said to me at the end of the first week, we need to go on. We need to go on, Brother Beckham. I'm out of my box. I don't even know what to do. Uh, people coming into the house of God, running to the altar before we even have the choir to come out. He said, Brother Beckham, I'm really out of my box. I don't know what to do with this. People getting saved before the preaching, even before I even read a verse. It went for six weeks. And Brother John Shook will tell you, he learned He learned during those six weeks that prayer was more than muttering a bunch of words. It's a real relationship, a daily relationship, a minute-by-minute relationship with God. We don't need to be wavering and hesitating and doubting because we become double-minded And when we become double-minded, we are in trouble. Amen? Look in Mark chapter 11. A wonderful verse. In Mark 11 verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore I, Jesus, here he is, Jesus, talking unto us, What things soever ye desire... When you pray, what does it say? Believe. That's faith. Believe that you will receive them. And what does it say? And ye shall have them. Brother Beckham, I'm not happy. Have you asked God for happiness? Brother Beckham, I don't have joy anymore. I've lost my joy. Have you asked God in your closet to give you joy back? To restore your joy? He can do it. But you have to ask. You have not because you ask not. Let me read it to you one more time. Therefore I, Jesus, say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe, have faith, that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. What a verse. What a verse. Wonderful verse. These, are, these words are so plain that, that comment would, would add nothing to them. But they teach that God our Father is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1. But... Before we see that, before we'll see that in our life, we must call. 
And we must call in faith. It's quiet. Maybe some of you are hearing this for the first time. I doubt that because I know your pastor. He lives by faith, preaches faith, or he does in my conferences. Does he preach like that here? Can someone answer? Amen. I knew the answer. But uh, uh, so if we ask God, you know what God would do? He just reaches out of heaven and he takes care of our problem. It is kind of like this unbelief. Unbelief is a besetting sin. Someone asked me, uh, Brother Beckham, years ago, what is that besetting sin? And I believe, and you have your right to believe what you want to, but are, are to be wrong. Amen? But, but here is the truth. Um, unbelief is that besetting sin. And unbelief clips our wings so that we flutter to the earth like a little bird. Unbelief breaks the arrows of our prayer so that they cannot drive, cannot cleave the skies. Unbelief dulls our eyes to visions of heavenly things and leads and deadens our heart to deep impressions of our love, of our Father's love. Look in Romans chapter 4, verse 23. I said in the beginning of the sermon that I, I preach more on getting ready to pray than I do prayer because of most churches that I've been in in 21 years, and I've been in a lot of churches, uh, about middle ways of the week, we find out they're not a praying church. The only time they pray is when they come to church and the pastor says, would you come to the altar and pray? But we should be praying before we ever get here. Amen. Listen to this. Romans 14, verse 23. The Bible plainly says, for whatsoever is not of faith is what? Say it real loud. Sin, and if we have sin in our hearts, if we cherish sin, or what does Psalm sixty six eighteen says? If we have sin in our heart, what what he won't even hear our prayers. No, he won't be able to bless our prayers. That's sad. Sad. Any element of a Christian life that does not involve a constant dependence upon God, a belief in His Word and His promises, reliance on His faithfulness is wicked and it's sinful. Oh! Oh, it's. Oh! It's wicked. If we don't have faith, it's wicked. 
If we're not walking by faith, it's wicked. And we hurt the very one that has never done one thing against us and helped us and loved us. And here we are, not praying like the Bible says to pray. Oh, my. First Baptist Church, listen, you're a great group of people. I enjoy the invitation to come every other year. I I really do. But there is new converts in here. And I want you to know, from the very beginning, start off with with a real relationship with God. Amen. Amen. And keep it going. Don't let the devil put you in that in that group of wicked people, sinful people. That's what we are when we don't treat him right. Amen. Look in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 commands the Christian to lay aside. We are we are not to keep it. We are not to tote it around. What what are we not to tote around? That old besetting crazy sin of unbelief. Are you living in unbelief tonight? If you are, let me ask you. In a few moments, we're going to come to the come to the the invitation. But I'm going to give you maybe one more point. The second direction is a life. Of inwardly right. If the heart is not right, you might as well not go in your prayer closet. You're going to just be wasting time. And and I'm going to quote the verse that I just quoted to you. In Psalm 66, 18, the Bible says, If I regard, if I cherish... Iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know what I find so, so pitifully when I go into churches and I hear of all the cancer people and I hear of, I hear all these missionaries asking prayer. I see people are crippled like me. I see them cry. And the reason I mention this has to be right inwardly. We've got to be clean. We've got to be sanctified. That's not a Pentecostal term. That is a Bible term. Amen. We need to be sanctified. We need to be mortified. We need to be crucified. We need to have a, a right heart when we pray. Because all these people are depending. They may not have anyone else to pray for them but us. And if we are not right, we can't pray and get our prayers answered. Do you understand that? where they walk up to you and they have tears running down their face and they say, Brother Beckham, I want you to pray for my marriage. It's falling all to pieces. Brother Beckham, I, 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 
I have cancer and don't know how much time I have and I really need prayer. And then I, I say, oh, I'll pray for you. And forget it about the time I hit the foyer. Oh, my, we shouldn't do that. If you tell someone you're going to pray for them, pray for them. Amen. Inwardly being right. Would you turn to Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 31 and 32? We're not going to preach the whole verse tonight, but I want you to just look at it with me. And I'm not not trying to be, be hard. I'm trying to just warn you of some things that if it's in your life, you're wasting time. I've wasted time. And I'm so glad for my tribulation. I am glad for my affliction because it taught me the real importance of prayer. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. He, this was not a barroom crowd he was talking to. These were Christians, so-called. You're not a Christian if you're not walking like Christ. And let me tell you, Christ was a praying man. He, he said one day, he said, I can do nothing without the Father. Then he followed for the Father doth the work. Boy, if we get preachers can get a hold of that. We, we are not here to, to build a church. We are here to follow Christ and be real Christians. Amen? Not believers. Believers will go to heaven. Yes. I don't want just to be a believer. I want to be a Christian. Amen? You want to be a Christian? Well, you have to walk as Christ walked. And, and he, he didn't walk around with bitterness. And he didn't walk around with wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. Oh, no, he didn't do any of those things. He didn't have to put them away. He was perfect. He was without spot, of, without blemish. And that's the way we should be. The Bible says so. We are to walk even as he walked. And, and that's that relationship we have with the Lord. But I see so much bitterness in churches. I see so much of all these things. And God said, Brother Beckham, I want you to preach on these things. I want you to be loving. I want you to be caring. My dad taught me not to cry. He always said, Benny, a man don't cry. 
But dad got saved and he found out that Jesus wept. Amen? And you know, I saw my dad cry many times in the 25 years that he, that he was a Christian. And um, so, you know, bitterness is the opposite of sweetness. And um, if you have any of those things in your life, you need to get them out. You know, that old, that old enemy you might think is your enemy. Put your arms around him and cry with him. Feel with him. Amen. Yeah. Deal with some of that tomorrow night. But um, how about it? You walking by faith? Are you? That's a question that you have to ask tonight. Because you don't want to be wicked, do you? You don't want to be sinful, do you? So you may have to renew that in this, in this meeting. You may have to come back to the altar and say, Father, forgive me. The first time I was just doing out a ritual, doing it because Pastor Wilkinson asked me to come. But now I'm coming because I have been touched by the Holy Ghost of God. And I don't want to quench him. Brother Beckham, really, I don't want to quench him. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to hurt him in any way. Well, if that's where you're at, you may want to come again. Get around the old-time altar. A heart was blessed this morning at the number that was at the altar. And then again tonight, oh my, my heart was moved again. I appreciate the way that you have listened. But now it's decision time. Now it's time for us to take the message Apply it to us. Be honest. God, I'm a double-minded man. Forgive me. Help me from this day on to be, to be like you. Help me to walk like you. Help me not to wave and hesitate, please. Would you do that? Let's stand.